everybody. Welcome back to Music Industry 360. I'm Randall Foster, and this is Symphonics Podcast, where we talk about all things music industry oriented. Today with me, I have my great friend and colleague, Ian Bueno. Real name, Ian Bueno. Um, Ian is the head of Symphonic Brazil and has had a very impressive career um, in the Brazilian music market, which is fascinating to me because it's it's a market I have very little experience with personally. Um, and so I hope that we'll learn a lot from Ian today and, and get some tips and tricks and learn more about what's going on in Brazil and, uh, and, and how to pursue that market. So Ian, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Hendro. Uh, really nice to be here. I'm glad to to talk about you about all this information. It's it's been a honor, huge honor to to build all this all this work that we have been doing the last two years with Symphonic here, and being able to see so much great stuff and learn a lot with with you guys. So it's it's been a great journey so far. Well, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, and it's been great having you on the team. I want to talk definitely about some of the things that you've accomplished over the last couple of years and what we're seeing in the Brazilian market. But first, I would really like to start kind of at the beginning for you. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about yourself? Um, you know, how, where are you from? How did you get um, involved in music? How, what steps brought you to Symphonic? Oh, uh, great. So, uh, I was born in 1993 in São Paulo, Brazil. Uh, São Paulo is the the biggest city, is the business capital from São Paulo. It's a really huge city, so uh, I was born here. And since like the beginning of my teenage, I was starting to to get involved with music, playing drums, and you know, I started to to have my own rock bands and playing around, starting to uh, you know, compose songwriting songs and starting to release. So it was something that really got me involved with since a really young age. So with 16 years, I was already, you know, managing my band. I, I, I was, I, I was no idea that I was doing that, but, you know, it's just starting to, to understand the thing more as a, as the process of doing these things, you know, like, you need to manage people, you need to manage time, you need to manage money. And I was really, really connected with that part. So since since I engaged, I was already like, okay, this is something that I want to pursue for my life. Uh, of course, at that time, I was uh, looking to, you know, really be a musician and playing around. Uh, but when I started to, to go to the college and study uh uh, social communication, uh, marketing, publicity. I was really, really interested in the in the way of applying all the all, all the things that I was I was learning into into my band. So I I understand how to create a website. I, I was already distributing things uh, on SoundCloud on YouTube. So I was since the beginning I was really interested in, in that part. So. I started to work also in some publicity agencies and stuff like that. And and then it was like 2014, uh, I had an opportunity to join as intern in 1RPM that was starting you know, to build their office in Brazil. It was really the beginning of 
of the streaming market in Brazil. Spotify was like just arriving. Deezer was was here for like one year. We have RDO that's no longer exists anymore too. So in 2014, I was really introduced to this new market that, you know, in, in less than 10 years becomes so big and huge. And, and you see, you know, it's a lot of things happened after, after that. So since the beginning of, of this, this new era of the business, I was really introduced to that. So I really get involved. And when I realized that I was much more realize it doing that than playing around so I, I really decided to go go for it and you know i i, I live that 24 7 uh, since since then so it's it's been you know a, a long journey but I, i'm really happy for for all the stuff that happened and it's been really a huge honor to see many young artists independent artists going you know, making success from zero. I have seen this so many times now and see how they, you know, we live in, in a really difficult country in terms of economics and and stuff. So it's possible to see many artists that came in for, for poor areas or suburbs, you know, making their living and, you know, supporting their families. It's, it's so great to see that and how this happens in the independent markets. So I also see this like as a really way of you know making uh, a difference in the in, in things of in the impact of the culture local culture so uh you know it's it's been great that's awesome well and it's i think it's really unique and great mm -hmm. that you come you had to learn everything the hard way as a as a mm -hmm. member of a band you know I, i think people come to this industry in two different directions either you can't you know, carry a tune in a bucket and you just love music or, or you had to figure it out yourself. And, and I feel like the folks that have to figure it out themselves tend to be a little scrappier. Um, the Brazilian music market is really exploded. Like you said, mm -hmm. after 2014, um, you know, we're seeing double digit growth in the recorded music market in Brazil every single year, um, you know, between 2019 and 2020, it was a 23% increase in streaming income. Um, and now we're seeing recorded music looking like it's, it's increasing in revenue by nearly 30%, where 70% of that revenue is based in streaming. Um, how have you seen it change in the time that you've been paying attention to it. You named a couple of services, RDO, which I loved RDO. And I'm, I was so was really nice. away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what are the, what are the shifts and changes that you've seen um, that you think are most um, crucial to that growth in Brazil? Mm -hmm. So I think specific, uh, you know, in the past, we have uh, like, you know, all the majors running through, you know centralization now how they you know they they were there were there are really few choices about you know what you can hear and it was few places to you know to distribute your music you know it was it was much expensive so it was usually they have the power to 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 decide what's going to be market around so during the period that that we have like you know the beginning of the internet here and it was like you know that wild jungle that there is no law 
and people was just downloading everything and YouTube was just popping around. So this moment was like a really key moment uh, that I think that makes the, the big change because many, many uh, genres of music that was, you know, kind of marginalized, specifically urban music, specific by the funk or, uh, and things like that, that were kind of people were trying, you know, the big majors were trying to hide that was happening. And then when that happened, it was like they, they just exploded so, so fast. So it was, it was the possibility of the, the, the music. It was really uh, marginalized, go, becomes popular and everybody was able to, to get into that. And, you know, it spread ahead really, really strong. So when, when like YouTube, you know, born and, you know, Brazilian artists started to understand this, it was really moment of, it was the shift of the, uh, of the market completely because in one year or less, you start to see like huge, huge, huge artists and huge labels, independent labels coming like Konzilla, GR6 that are now today one of the biggest YouTube channels of the world. They were just starting there. So uh, it was a it was a really strong movement. And since then, like six years to here or eight years from, from here now, uh, you see the impacts like the urban music just become like a really, really strong thing in Brazil is getting strong every year. And of course we have traditional Brazilian music that's certain age or that's still really strong and going to be always strong because it was since the beginning uh, a lot of money involved and it's something like Brazil is a really uh, rural uh, country so there is a lot of regional music and certain age it's really strong for years and will be always but urban music just came so strong specifically with by the funk that now merges with trap and we have uh, trap funk and and you have so many different uh, combinations that become like a, a really unique movement of Brazilian urban music that took a head since then. So it becomes much more, we, we now I, I, I can say that we have a, a really creative moment that we have so many talents coming every every year and uh, something that's also unique from the, from the market is that mostly 80% of the consumption of the music is local music. So when you think about a, a, a big country like that, it, it creates a really strong market by, by uh, itself. So it's been really interesting to see. So like artists with millions of streams here uh, that nobody knows in other places in the world. And if you look at their numbers, it's like... They, some some of them have more streams that that acts like legacy acts worldwide. So it's it's really uh, unique to see that. So I think them for since eight years so to 2014 to now uh, this this shift of the 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 ways of getting you know your music available everywhere and now the distribution movement creates a really strong revolution in terms of the independent Brazilian music and. It's still growing, like still growing, and we have we don't have many people still paying for streaming service. Uh, still, something like for a few people. So YouTube still still like the biggest revenue, uh, but this number is growing every year, every year. So 
uh, it's a really good moment and it's really interesting to to see how things are are going fast here i love the focus on on regional music and the fact that the consumption is so regional there i i think a, a lot of countries you know, they have great regional music, but the focus tends to be on, you know, what's the top 40 that's that's hitting in the, in the U.S. and in Europe. And uh, I think that's really something that feels pretty unique to Brazil to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned a little bit how YouTube is, you know, is, is the main consumption point still for music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like though the DSPs are starting to finally, the other DSPs are finally starting to get a foothold. Um, you know, one estimate I see here um, has Spotify with 40% of the digital music segment um, in 2020. Now these are, mm-hmm. these are a year or two old, but um, you know, in a, in a in a pool of users that's that is slated to grow to, to nearly 50 million users um, by 2026, I think. Um, do you see a big shift away from YouTube and the way we used to listen to to other DSPs, or do you think people are going to continue to listen wherever they listen, and that that yeah, growth I, happens elsewhere? I I really believe that. Of course, the DSPs will keep growing, especially for young people. Uh, but since like it's, it's still a really big, big challenge for for Brazilians to understand that you know you need to pay for music, and you know that's that's important uh, because they are we are always used to come some like from YouTube and not paying for music, so it's natural. And of course, there is a lot of economic barriers uh, to like. Uh, so I believe that YouTube will keep really strong for, for years and years. But of course, Spotify is, is getting bigger here every year. We have Deezer that that's, that's, has, has been doing a really great job specifically on Brazilian regional music and gospel. They created like uh, a really strong uh, niche strategy that's that's been interesting to, to, to see. And... We have other players coming now. So Amazon is, is 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 it was the last one to came around in Brazil, I think. Uh, Reso is going big here too. So they are they are fighting. It's it's been a a, a big fight around. It's good to hear. So you yeah. mentioned a number of a number of Brazilian regional genres, um, Bailafunk in in particular. What um, just if if you were to guess, what's going to be the next biggest genre coming out of Brazil across, across all genres? Do you do you have an idea of, of where that's going? Like we have a really strong movement now in Brazil. That's that's a kind of. Uh, we have traditional forró in Brazil. That's a really regional music too, uh, kind of similar, a bit closer to certain Asia, but still really unique for the northern area from Brazil. And more recently, we have seen uh, a new genre coming. That's called pisadinha, piseiro. That's a kind of a new modern forró, and this took like really strong every uh, since like two years uh, for now. It's become so popular that you know it's almost like as big as certain Asia now, and we have really really new artists that two years to now they are like the biggest stars of the country, like Barões da Pisadinha, João Gomes, uh, 
Tarcísio do Acordeon, those three names now, uh, in, in the last two years, like from the pandemic to, to now, they were like one of the most popular figures in Brazil. And it was a really new movement. Uh, and I think that Pisadinha, Piseiro, it will be something that's going to be worldwide some, some, sometime, you know, like people will discover that because it's, it's, it's really, really good, actually. That's awesome. So let's talk about what you're doing for Symphonic in Brazil, because I think it's it's pretty unique and 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 incredible what you've built down there over the last two years. Um, you know, for us <clears throat> being a being a distribution company that that focuses on Latin music as well as as well as really every genre, you know, opening up Nashville. For, for symphonic it came with its fair share of struggles and, 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 and great, great struggles, great challenges. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. fun to build a brand. Um, and I felt that like the first year I was building out the Nashville office, it was, you know, I was having to explain to people a lot who we are, who symphonic is. Um, and, uh, and so how was it for you? I mean, I, I, I remember distinctly when you started and, and you gained momentum very quickly, I think. Yeah, uh, I think this this part of of creating the brand and and creates a, you know create a name and a reputation. It was the most uh, interesting and the, the most challenging. But I, I was really convinced that uh, this would be essential to create something that will make value to the artists. So the first thing it was like uh, let's really be selective and let's focus on, on on a specific niche so we we really focus in the beginning on the hip-hop market in brazil uh, and we start to signing important names that will, will give us reputation and make us really you know people will understand that we are really into that journey that we understand and when we we're going to be able to to give the service that they expect because it's Specifically, the urban music uh, uh, scene in Brazil is still really, really, really independent. It's something you know there is few information around, so it's really difficult to then to understand all the process. So we 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 create a service that was really taken then by their hand, teaching, making them understand how how important is this process and how important it is to have a, a strong partner with. So you know. It was really fast because we we was creating a good experience, a good service, and then this client will talk about us to his friend that's also an artist. So it was like the the word to mouth was was really strong for us because we are really focusing in in a community. So this was essential for the first year that we are we were able to build a really strong brand for, for on this niche in in a few in a few months. So now, like, basically people understand that we are really specialized on that niche and artists are coming every day. But now the challenge is to also be more uh, diverse. So we are now exploring regional Brazilian music, too. Uh, that's a really important market. Uh, we are also working with some gospel artists and labels. That's also a really important market here. So now we are we are trying to, do, do, to, to have more diversity in terms of 
uh, journeys inside our catalog. But the brand that we built in the urban music, it's really impressive. And, you know, that's it's working by itself now. People are just coming because they know that we are really good on that, you know. Uh, and cre and created this brand that that is selective and that's really you know, pro artists and we are really giving the power to them. Like we are, look, this is information. Let's schedule a call. We're going to teach you how to upload. We're going to, we do are really, are really onboarding, you know, in video to then understand with all the process so they can, you know, make the, their business going without many that's uh, that's great. work. So that's, that's basically what we, we have been doing here. And still maintaining that quality control. To make sure you're exactly. working with great artists. My favorite, my favorite story from the Brazil office from the early days um, of, of you launching was was that of sabotage. Oh yes. And what we were able to do with sabotage, which to lots of our listeners, this is an artist who um, you may not recognize the name, but he's considered to be one of the most influential, well-known rappers in, from Brazil ever. Um, and unfortunately. Uh, passed away in 2003, but taking a catalog that had basically been dormant since 2003 and revitalizing it and, and working that catalog, um, re redoing all the metadata and re-delivering that, I had to be quite a chore. Um, you know, that I think that was a great early win for you, was it not? Oh, yes, for sure. Like, first is start with, with one of the most important artists, in the Brazilian music, and why not? I think if you think, if you really think about hip hop worldwide, probably Sabotage is one of the most important characters there. Uh, out, out of, he, he, he represents something really, uh, really from the the beginning, and the the lyrics that he creates, like you know, it's something that speaks with everybody. So it's it's a really 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 unique and legacy artist that that was that you know was is is been you know that for a long time so the work of it's a really creative work of remanaging catalog and you know working that step by step so they have a really great management team that keeps you know the the legacy alive and are always thinking so it's it's like work with a label that's still running and have the artists uh, because they they are always pushing ideas and we are always helping them to to make this happen so we released some singles taking like remixes with you know talented artists for the new generation so it's a way also to promote the artists in a new in a new uh, for for new people that you know uh probably have never heard about him so we keep doing releases from sabotage since since then and more recently we have we have created a really project that was like our first symphonic originals from Brazil that it was like the sabotage demo tapes, the lost tapes. That was basically, we uh, we worked with the production team that was working on his second album before uh, the fact. Uh -huh. So we, we take these demos together and they recreated it as the way it's going to be released on the on the second album originally so because those songs were released because he has the second the second album it was a post-mortem album 
uh, that was people, a lot of friends and artists that worked with him put together collaborations to make this second album. That's a classic. Uh, but this new version, it was something like if 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 he was not dead, that was the way that this song's gonna uh, sound originally. So uh, there was like four classics from the from the second album that was created again on the most original version possible so this was really nice and uh, it was it was a really interesting work of keeping a catalog alive you know it's always trying to have ideas and always trying to push this to a new public that will get in touch with and keep the catalog going on so we are still growing the, the streams of sabotage so far uh, doing that so always keep the algorithm happy you know that's that's the thing absolutely um that's the name of the game who are some other signings that you're especially proud of um mm-hmm. you know i know paulo Perez. um i probably butchered the name um but um who, who else that you've signed without without ostracizing those that you don't have time to mention here uh do you want to brag about real quick uh, yes, for sure. Tropa do Bruxo, that's the hip-hop label from Ronaldinho Gaúcho, the legacy soccer player. He created a trap label that's been releasing through us, so it's it's been really great. Also, Paulo Pires, it's a really, really unique situation. We have the top three, number three song in Brazil for like six weeks with him with a huge hit that's a Diamond single that was released in last year. Paulo Pires is, is also a Pisadinha, a Piseiro artist. So we have Rafa Moreira, that's a legacy trap artist from Brazil, like one of the pioneers that also has all his catalog and doing all his releases through us. Oh, that's so many great names. Krauk also, that's a hip-hop artist, really young, talented name uh, that's releasing with us. Enidinaldinho, it's also a legacy artist from like really OG that we we have been able to help him with his catalog and build his his digital presence from zero. So it's it's been and there is many names coming like really young artists that we are really seeing how fast they are blowing up. So it's been it's been crazy. Like every 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 month we discover a new new great talents that's going to blow up soon. That's awesome. Um, so moving forward, looking to the future, we've got the artists we just named, everything else going on. What has you most excited? What, what are you looking most forward to um, with regards to the music industry and the growth of the Brazilian office that you're leading um, and, and, and the growth of the industry at large? Yeah, I, I think like specific after the pandemic now, the entertainment industry is, is is pushing hard. And, you know, we have seen all the live music events coming so, so strong. Like, I, I really don't know how many festivals has already happened in Brazil this year. Like, they, every week there is a new festival going on. So it's really interesting to see uh, that the live music is, is coming back really strong. And, of course, this is good for the streaming because... People go to shows, they're going to listen to more artists and, you know, it's it's good for everybody. So what I think that's going to be in the, in the next years, there, I, I think all the streaming 
platform as also the distributions companies will try to get more together in in kind of live events and festivals and you know i have seen recently spotify got like the sponsorship of the biggest hip-hop festival in brazil recently and create a, they created like a backstage for the artists creating content so it's really interesting to see you know this connection happening now and you know this and many many young artists and independent artists coming and you know become huge in a few years i think we we're going to be able to to be more on the streets and build the brand of symphonic really more into into you know for in the real life now so we are looking to create song camps that we're going to we we're going to do the first one now in august also we're going to we are looking to sponsor some festivals and really become more connected with the with the artists where they where they are we are also doing partnerships with studios with producers we're going to release now the first sample pack from symphonic brazil to uh, via symphonic for productions so uh, there is many things now we are really able to 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 make the brand strong in in the streets now that's fantastic. Well, and you've certainly done a great job of brand building over the last two years. Um, I want to thank our guest today, Ian Bueno, head of Symphonic Brazil, for joining us on the Music Industry 360 podcast. I thank you all for listening to this episode and be sure to listen to more because we have more great things coming to you this season. But signing off, I am Randall Foster, Chief Creative Officer at Symphonic Distribution, and we're so glad you could join us today. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>